Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. We're just going to lift a few verses. And my title for this morning is Know Ye Not. Know Ye Not. In fact, as I just got this thought dropped into my heart, um, during the week, I thought about it and prayed about it. So I'm going to do maybe two or three weeks. I don't know. I've just different ideas on it. And I'm going to uh, do my best to uh, bring some different angles every week. So this week, maybe, maybe or probably will be different than next week and so on if we're led to do a third or fourth. So it's Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 10. Mark 4, verse 10. And when he was alone, that is the Lord Jesus, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the songs that we've been able to sing, the hymns, the worship. We thank you for your people you've brought this morning. We thank you for such a number, Lord, at these times. And we ask you to bless each and every one of them. We thank you for this table that reminds us of Calvary. We thank you, Lord, it reminds us of the precious blood that your Son shed for us on the tree, paying our debt in its fullness. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Father, receive our praises this morning as we have taken of these emblems that remind us of the cross work of Christ, finished in its fullness. We pray now, Lord, that you take my lips and use them for your glory. Use my mind and use all of me, Lord. May I, Lord, be used by your Spirit to glorify the Word of God. And may you take your own Word and inscribe it in our hearts to glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless your people. Encourage them. Even convict them and bring them to a place of wanting, Lord, to rid things out of their lives to go on with you. So again, Lord, we ask you, be glorified through us, through the Word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Know ye not. It's a question, obviously. And as I said, it's going to be the Lord willing, it will be uh, a series that we will look at. It could be two weeks or three, we don't know, or more, we don't know. And this one is quite one of, the, one of the largest ones that I think of at this moment, anyhow. And in verse 13 of our reading, it says, And he, the Lord Jesus, said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? In other words, Jesus is saying, if you can't understand this parable, you will not know nor understand all the other parables. Know ye not this parable? 
The parable is the parable of the sower that goes out to sow seed. It says that the seed falls in four different parcels of ground. For example, in verse 3, he says, Behold, there went out a sword to sow, and there came to pass he sowed, and some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it. There's parcel number one, by the wayside. And then he goes on to say, and some fell on stony ground, parcel number two of ground, number two, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell on thorny, on, among thorns, and that's the fourth parcel of ground, among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Not everyone had ears to hear. Not everyone had ears to hear. So in other words, there are those who hear the word and receive it. And others who hear to some degree, but they fall away from it. And there are those who don't hear it at all. Four parcels where the word would fall, but there's a, a deeper meaning in this, or it would be so simple because we use it as an illustration or, uh, you know, as we go into the parables of the, the sower, we, we say, well, the seed is the word of God, and that's true, and that's right. But yet in Matthew chapter 13, the Lord Jesus, t- telling another parable, talks of a sower sowing seed. And he says the seed, when he's telling the parable, he says the seed are the children of the kingdom. So actually it's the kingdom seed or the children who are scattered. And he was speaking here of scattered Israel. That's who Jesus was speaking of. So there's the seed who are the children and the seed who are the word. And the word must be received by the children. They are given ears to hear. Notice here, he says, know ye not this parable? If you want to know more about uh, the parables and uh, you learn more, go on to our website and you can look at, um, I I think it was four Bible studies. I think it was about four Bible studies last year. And it was on Old Testament keys to new Testament parables. That's the title of it, Old Testament Keys to New Testament Parables. And the Old Testament key, we're going to look at it because it's, it's important for the parable. The Old Testament keys was uh, through the kingdom people. For example, before we get fully into this, we want to look at Psalm 78 and verse 2. Psalm 78 and verse 2. Notice when you're looking that up, in Mark 4, the parable, it says it's the mystery of the kingdom. The mystery of the kingdom. The kingdom is literal. The kingdom is spiritual. Literal and spiritual. Psalm 78 and verse 2. It says, I will open my mouth in a parable. Notice that. I will open my mouth, says Yahweh, Jehovah, in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, 
So notice here, brothers and sisters, God in the Old Testament is saying he will open his mouth in a parable and he will utter dark sayings of old. And now by the time we come to Mark's Gospel chapter 4, we see the Lord Jesus opening his mouth in a parable. And he's uttering, as it were, dark sayings of old because we're going to look at what this means because he says, if you don't understand this mystery of the kingdom, how will you understand all the other parables? I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. The word dark, when you and I think of the word dark, it's ominous. Dark can be where the, where the wicked hide. That's to us. It can speak of evil, uh, no sight. But in the, in, in the psalm here, dark doesn't mean that. In fact, it means the word kedah is the Hebrew word of it, and it means simply a riddle to be guessed. A riddle to be guessed or a hard question to answer. And we see that in Mark chapter 4. There's a riddle to be guessed, It's a hard question to answer. Jesus says, know ye not this parable. They didn't know it until he started to expound it, opening his mouth to teach the way and the word of the parable. Now, notice here as well, sometimes the mystery of the kingdom, that's what he says, know ye not the mystery of the kingdom. Now, here's something we have to understand here. Sometimes God's ways seem mysterious to you and I. Sometimes God's ways seem elusive to you and I. Sometimes God's ways, we cannot grasp them, plumb the depths of them, nor fathom what is in God's ways for our life, for our family, for our homes, for our marriages, for everything we do, for our finances, even for our walk and our ministry to further in God. God's ways are not our ways. Neither are his thoughts our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we have to understand that God leading us what seems mysterious as the mystery of the kingdom, when we go to serve in the mystery of the kingdom, we don't completely know everything, neither do any of us, including this man, have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. But what we must do is trust the sovereign hand of the sovereign God. Trust in his hand. Wherever you are, God's ways, God's leading, God's dealing may be mysterious at times to his people. In fact, it's mysterious and ridiculous even at times to the unsaved. But the mystery of God is found out through the Spirit of God. We can know nothing of God Save the Spirit of God, quicken us for salvation. Save the Spirit of God, move in us in sanctification. And since the Spirit of God, or unless the Spirit of God, take us into further revelation. Notice here, it's through the Spirit you'll know God's ways. 
and understand more. It's through reading His Word and being constantly in prayer. The Spirit, the Word, and prayer. The Spirit, the Word, and prayer. There is where we find the mystery of God. There's where we find the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And it's only in and through that. But here is something for you. It's a little warning, but it's a warning with love. Truth that is revealed is to be obeyed. Truth that is revealed is to be obeyed. And sometimes we strive and stress over where the Lord is leading us and in what is the mystery of the kingdom and what he's doing with me in the kingdom now, with my family in the kingdom, as kingdom people that is. Listen, it's truth that is revealed when we find it is to be obeyed because sometimes we get an answer we don't like. Sometimes God speaks to us and we don't like it. In fact, we rebel against it. We turn away from it. But once we know it, we cannot remove it. So truth that is revealed to you is to be obeyed. Notice here, he says, I will utter dark sayings. The words here to utter, it's the, the word utter here for, is the word nafa. And it gives the idea to pour out, to send forth, to bubble up, to gush, to spring forth. And the metaphor of it is that of a, a fresh flowing spring of water pouring forth abundantly. Pouring forth abundantly. So Yahweh, the great God of creation, the Bible, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of kingdom, people, and life, here he says, I will utter, gush forth, pour forth water of the Spirit and of the Word. I will do this. And of course, now in Mark chapter 4, it hasn't happened in all these days. And in Mark chapter 4, here he is, the Son of God. Know ye not this parable? Isn't he mighty? He's marvelous. Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, is God with a face. The Lord Jesus Christ is the mighty God. The Lord Jesus Christ is deity and is the Son of Goodness clothed with humanity. He's the Son of God and He's the Son of Man. Notice here as we go a little further. When He says dark sayings of old, this is strange because of old we think it means eternity. True. That's true. But when you go to the original text of this, for example, and this doesn't seem to make sense, so bear with me, and I'll bring it to you. Remember, we're thinking of the parables of the kingdom of God. Dark sayings of old. The words here is kedem for of old. Kedem. And believe it or not, it means 
East, E-A-S-T, as in the point of the compass. In fact, it means east 32 times. It's used as westward 11, pardon me, eastward 11 times. East side five times and east part two times. So in fact, the east is used in this word some 50 times in the original text. For east now, for east, east side and those related. Here's something else about it. Old is only used 17 times compared to East for 50. Ancient time, it's used for it twice. Ancient twice, a four time once. And listen, of old, or the I will utter dark sayings of old, Kedem uh, is only used for eternity or eternal one time. Just a one. Strange, isn't it, that East and the, the, the words that are linked to East are used some 50 times. Notice, are parables in the mind of God from eternity? Of course. Are parables mysteries of the kingdom of God? Of course they are. But they're also, it says, from the east. Now, we're looking at the mystery of the kingdom. Let's not lose this. You're getting Bible study this morning. Hope you are with me okay. We're looking at the mystery of the kingdom, the parables of John 4, where our Lord Jesus spoke about, Know ye not? He's talking about the mystery of the kingdom. Then he says, Know ye not this mystery or this parable? How will you know all the parables? Then in Psalm 78, Yahweh Almighty God is saying, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. So we're looking at him now in the flesh. Speaking forth a parable. That's the mystery of the kingdom. Remember that. So notice here. Of old, things that are kept with God, dark sayings of old. From eternity, yes but from the east. God's kingdom came from Adam's dominion. Adam's dominion over all things. Then he took of the forbidden tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when sin came, death came. When Adam sinned in Adam, then we, Adam's race, we sinned. When Adam died, we died. And so God came and promised in Genesis 3 and 15, he promised someone to come and crush the serpent's head way back then. Then we have, going on down the line, the line of Seth, for Cain killed Abel, then Cain's put out of the, out of the way. Then we have from there, we have the, the lineage comes right down to Noah, Noah's sons. We have the ark and the flood, and all that were not in the ark were destroyed by the flood. Shem, Ham, and Japheth were his three sons through the line of Shem. Shem and the word for name as my name is, is also very closely linked with it. So Shem and Shem are almost the same word in the original text. And what it means is, who I am is in my name. Who I am, my character, my reputation, says the Lord, is in my name. That's why the name of Jesus is above 
every other name. It's his reputation. It's his character. And so the Lord says in in Shem, in other words, God says down the line of Shem, or where we get Shematic or Semitic from, God says the Redeemer will come through this line. My reputation is in this line. Are you with me? So my reputation is in this line. So God's promise had to come through this line. Then we have down the line, we have Eber, where we get Hebrew from. Abraham was in the Hebrew. Then we have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. God then, in his election, called a man called Abram, changed his name to Abraham, and he brings him out of the earth of the Chaldees with a call out, and, he, go, and he, he promises them all the land of Canaan. In fact, right over to where Jordan is today. And notice this, from there, he takes a man, then he takes a couple, Abraham and Sarah, then he makes them a family, and then the faction, Abraham and Sarah, to Isaac, to Jacob, turns it into a tribal factions of 12 sons, Then he turns it from there into a nation being brought out by Moses. They're given a law. Nation has religion. A nation has law. That's what's wrong with our nation. There's no law of God. And the faith of our fathers is no longer in our nation. That's what's wrong with Britain today. That's what's wrong with Ulster today. That's what's wrong with Ireland. That's what's wrong with these islands today. And so when you take out their religion, as it were, when you take out their faith and you destroy the word and the law of God, it goes into chaos. And so we have every liberal left. We have all of the communism and the Marxism in our governments. They're godless. They're atheistic. They hate the gospel and despise the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see the problem? Now notice this, the man, the couple, the family, the tribal faction, the tribes, the nation, they're given law on their religion or their faith, if we want to call it that. And then they're made from there into a kingdom. They're given a king in David. And so the lines of kings come. See how God, and these were the kingdom people. God's kingdom growing on the earth. And then we had, so it's Israel. Then we had the separation of Israel, the ten tribes in the north, the two in the south. And from that, we had the breakups and the scatterings of the tribes. Then comes Judah goes into Babylon. Israel goes into Assyria. And then Judah uh, comes back out. That's where you get the name Jews from. They come back out of Babylon. And there they prepare the temple. And they prepare as well for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see how God is saying, I'm going to cause this to come to pass. The kingdom of people in the earth. In the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 2. And in Daniel chapter 7. We have these kingdoms spoken of. And there's a stone that's cut out without hands. In other words, it's not man-made. It isn't cut out with hands. It's God-made. It's his kingdom smashes them on the feet. And that, in the ultimate sense, 
is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to this earth again. Now Jesus is telling them this parable. And how do we enter in? The preaching of the seed word to the preaching of the elect seed people. He says, know ye not this parable? If you don't, how will you know the others? Notice here. So here we have east. Abraham was called out of the east. Then when Jesus is here, he sends forth his apostles and disciples and they come from the east to the west. Hence the movement of Israel. So now in the Lord Jesus Christ, he's sitting here in Mark chapter 4, the kingdom must be spiritual too. You cannot be saved through your flesh, for your flesh speaks of death. It speaks of law-breaking. It speaks of Adam's genes and Adam's germs and Adam's death in every one of us. And so what we have is Now Jesus comes, remember, the old covenant, the old law. Now we have the new covenant going to be instituted and grace will be poured forth. So he starts to talk about the parables and he says, know ye not this parable. If you don't grasp it, you don't get it, how you must be saved to enter into this kingdom now. He says then, He says, if you don't understand this, you'll not know any of them. Listen to an old preacher called George Williams. George Williams used to be a minister down in Dublin. uh, 1800 and something round about there. And listen to what he says about the term dark sayings of old. The term dark sayings means that divine history unlike human history, contains beneath its deep surface moral lessons. So in other words, there's moral lessons here. He goes on, for example, no moral lessons are taught at the Battle of Waterloo. Remember, this is the 1800s he's writing this. No moral lessons are taught at the Battle of Waterloo, but many lessons of fundamental moral importance by the battle of Exodus are taught in Exodus 17, verse 8 onwards. So the facts of this psalm, he writes, Psalm 78, so the facts of this psalm are dark sayings, but they secrete spiritual teachings. So they're dark sayings, they're hidden in God. And now Jesus, God in flesh, the Son of God, Here he is standing before his disciples and others around with him. And he says, know ye not this parable? And know ye not this parable? There's moral and spiritual secretions already by the time Christ speaks it. In fact, in Matthew 13 and 35, you can look at it later, It actually mentions Psalm 78 about the parables. So notice here, George Williams happened to say that there was lessons to be learned 
from Moses, Aaron, and Hur in Exodus 17. Amalek, the enemies of the people of God, God's seed in the earth. And the enemies of God are Amalek. And so the war ensues with Amalek in Exodus 17. Moses says, I will go up onto this mount and hold up my staff at this rock. And when I hold my staff up, he says, you fight. This is what God wants you to do. You fight. But Moses' arms, as you and I would uh, be tired, his arms get tired. And when his arms get tired, he starts to drop his arms. And Aaron and her take an, an arm each to lift him up. And when the staff is lifted, Israel are prevailing. When the staff is down, Amalek is prevailing. And so with the two men holding up his arms, Israel won the battle and got the victory. Here's something for you to notice here. Up to this point in Exodus chapter 17, in this battle with Amalek, right up to this point, God fought for Israel every single step of the way. Right to this point. But it changes here because responsibility must come to the hearer. Responsibility must come to those who have received the blessing and the calling. You see, Christians need to know that you have a responsibility, Christian, to speak the word, to preach the word, to tell the word, and the gospel of saving grace. And you also have a responsibility in the service that God brings you into in his kingdom. Notice here, to this point, God had fought for Israel, but in Exodus 17 and verse 8, listen to what it says. Stand still, he says, and see the salvation of the Lord and at the river, uh, pardon me, the Red Sea. Now listen to what he says in verse 9, pardon me. Exodus 17 and verse 9, he says, Choose you out men and go out and fight. Choose you out men, he says, and go out and fight. So Moses had to choose men that he could rely on. He had to choose men that he could trust. And he says, you choose them and go out and fight. This is the first time. Usually it's stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Usually it's God says, slay a lamb. Put his blood on the doorpost and the door lintels. Just stay at home and I'll do the rest. But this time, God says, I want you to stand up and fight. It's coming to that time, brethren. It's coming to that time, sisters. That we're going to have to nail our colors to the mast. Where God has taken us by the hand way before our generations and given us easy living. Comfortable caves of homes. And now, the persecution that we have spoken of over and over and over again is coming. And we need to know who's ready to fight. Here's a question for us all. Would you be one who Moses could have chosen? Would I? Would you be one 
who could be relied upon? Would you be one who's faithful to the fight? Look, go online, it's full of keyboard warriors and little video vigilantes. You get them everywhere. I'm standing for the truth, and here's this little five-minute video to tell you how every other Christian is wrong but me. Wise up, brother. Speaking to whoever's listening. That's not taking your stand. Would you be willing to be placed on the front line? Would you be willing to stand up, stand up for Jesus? And would you be one that Moses could have taken and brought into the trenches, ready to go over the top? hundred years ago, just over. hundred years ago, young men in their teens went over to Flanders Fields and went over the top that you and, me, you and I may have this freedom and this liberty. hundred years ago, teenagers done it. They didn't do it for us to have our nation run by renegades. Hello? If you say too much, you'll get in trouble. Good. I'm not talking about being or arrogant. I'm not talking about being hurtful. I'm not talking about all of those things. I'm not talking about trying to despise people. I'm talking about loving Christ. I'm talking about loving the Savior. I'm talking about loving His Word. I'm talking about taking the stand and work wherever you are. Notice this. When you go on with God, and when you go on in God, I see a man here was saved last week with led him to the Lord in the beach. Good to see you this morning. Go on in God, brother. We must take our stand. Listen, justification, the justification of the believer in Christ. Justification means you're just as if you'd never sinned. You're declared righteous. And when we have got saved, we are just as if we'd never sinned. Washed in the blood. Justification, if you want, is Christ fighting for us. He done it on the cross. Justification, Christ fighting for us. Sanctification is the Holy Ghost fighting in us. Why? Because you don't want to do it. Because you'll be afraid. Because you'll be wavered. Because you and I won't want to take our stand. The Holy Spirit, He will be wrestling with you and dealing with you and speaking to you and churning you upside down and over and over, back to front and inside out. And you're going to say, but, but, but. Brothers and sisters, we are people of the kingdom. We are the people, the children of the vineyard of the Lord. We have the Holy Ghost who lives in us, who moves in us, who strengthens us. You are a child of the King. Will you be able to be chosen for the fight? 
Here we have Israel. Here we are, God's people fighting for us. But now God says, I want you to fight and I'll fight in you. The struggle's too hard. Listen, brother, I know what it's like to struggle. Oh, there's so much against me. Listen, I know. I understand that. I get, I wouldn't even bore you with it. What I get online week by week, week by week, people online picking holes at you. What I, the one I, kick you up and down the, the internet if they could. I get it almost on a daily basis. I know what it's like, but brother, listen, it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you, sister. Then if Christ is in you, then let him be the Lord over you. We'd rather obey God than men. Definitely going to have to do a series because I've went way off my notes again, as you know. Here's what I want to say to you. I'm watching the clock. I don't usually watch the clock for those who don't know me. I don't usually worry about the clock, but I know we're in a different conditions this morning. Here, there's lessons to be learned in the parables of what God is pouring forth in the Spirit and the Word. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, the mystery of the kingdom of God. Underline mystery. It's the word musterion. Musterion. And, then, and the first part comes from the word mule. Listen to what it means. To close or to shut one's mouth. So in this context, the mystery of the kingdom is to those who are not his, he closes his mouth. He shuts his own mouth. It gives the idea that he has held these things, God has held these things from before the foundation of the world in eternity. And so this word, musterion, for mystery of the kingdom, it means the secret counsels of God hidden from the ungodly. That's what it means. Look up the Greek text writers. That's what they say. The secret counsels of God hidden from the ungodly. It also means, you ready? Something hidden and unknown, but later revealed and understood. Hidden and unknown, but later revealed and understood. So the mystery of the kingdom is that God knew it all. God in his omnipotent power held it all. In his omniscient being knew it all. And he kept his mouth shut until he was ready to pour forth it all. The Son of God who came, the Lord Jesus Christ, opens his mouth in a parable. He utters dark sayings that are of old. That which was hidden in the heart of God, kept by his own counsel, 
as it were, shut his own mouth, now he comes in full revelation of the Word. In the beginning was the... What is it? And the... Was with... And the... Word was God. That Word's pouring forth. The Son of God. Pouring it out. Kingdom mysteries revealed and understood. Will you turn with me quickly to Romans 16, please? I'll get a drink while you're looking that up. Notice here, Paul writes in verse 25, Romans 16, verse 25 and 26. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, notice, the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Verse 26. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets... Would you say loud, scriptures of the prophets? What is that? That's our prophets in the Old Testament. By the scriptures of the prophets, God, as it were, secreting, letting out things of, that are in, in, in eternity, kept in eternity past. Notice, by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Now notice, mystery, something hidden. Revelation, something revealed by God. And the word kept secret means to hold one's peace and to keep silent. Since the world began, you know what it means? We think, well, it's just when God created the earth. No, listen. It means through times eternal, or it means eternal ages. Standing on the promises of Christ, my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, I'm standing. Standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Here it means eternal ages. Notice what it says here in verse 26. So it's kept secret. It's a mystery. It says, but now is made manifest. Here Paul is saying, this kingdom now, the kingdom is the people, the Israel people. Now he says, The Spirit is coming to live in people. Has come through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
has come to live in the hearts of men and women who will believe in him, in whom he gives the imputed faith. They can hear the word. Notice here, is made manifest. It means to make known what has been hidden, but now has been made known through the prophetic writings. In other words, the prophets in the Old Testament, the scriptures of the prophets or the writings of the prophets. Listen, I think of Isaiah and Jeremiah. I think of Ezekiel. I think of Daniel. I think of Amos and Elijah and Elisha and Habakkuk and Haggai and Zephaniah and Zechariah. We can go on and on, all the prophets. There's a, I was told of an old church in England. There's all these stained glass windows. With Each one has a prophet in it, but every one of them are pointing that way, or if they're facing that way, they're pointing like this. As you walk down the aisle towards where an altar would be, there in the back wall is another great painting, or pardon me, a stained glass window. And all of them are pointing. As you're reading who the prophets are, they're pointing, and they're pointing, and as they're pointing down to this window, and as they get down to this window, there is a picture of what man would deem Christ to be. Now, to me, that's an idol, but I'm trying to give you an illustration. Listen. It says, Acts chapter 10 and verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness. To him give prophets witness. That which was an eternity, the word of God, the Son now comes forth. And they nailed him to a tree. And they crucified him. I'm closing. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. That was hidden. It was foretold, foreshadowings, the ark of Noah. All in the ark were saved, all outside were lost. The, the lamb that was slain in the blood on the doorpost and the door lintels of Israel's home. There he is, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, and his blood is our covering and our cleansing. And we can go on and we can go on of the pictures and the types and the foreshadowings that was hidden in God and he's revealing it through the prophets little by little, little by little, here a little, there a little. And he's given it to them. But now you and I, on the other side of the cross, looking back, we're looking at the hidden things of God revealed and made manifest of the glory of God found in the person of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there he bled and he died for us. And you reject him and you'll remain in your sin. Romans 16 and verse 26 says, according to the commandment of the everlasting God. In other words, God commanded 
Salvation is of the Lord, in other words. God commanded the word to go forth. God commanded the prophets to speak. God commanded his law. God commanded, and we broke it every single step of the way. We were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. When God had commanded, and the Son of God died for us. Redemption is found in Christ and in Christ alone. I have too much. Take note, brother. Take note, sister. The revelation of the mystery of the kingdom of God can only be known through the commandment of the eternal or the everlasting God. The manifesting of the eternal God, the revelation of the redemptive work of the eternal God who is found in our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, Know you not this parable? Know you not this parable? How can you know all the other ones? The parable of the kingdom of God, the mystery of the kingdom. And the keys, the Old Testament keys to the New Testament parables, simple, are the two houses of Israel. Without understanding that key to open that parabolic prophetic word, you'll never get the deeper meaning. You'll never get the deeper meaning. God bless his word to us this morning. Amen.